Good evening and welcome to Shutty Tea Tuesdays. It is your girl V. Yes, and it's another Tuesday in 2022. And today we're going to talk about something that may be a little bit difficult for some people. And it's the principles of healing. So when we're talking about healing, it's mainly to get an understanding of the different ways that we can be able to heal. So if you think about something like the last time that you he- you were healed from something, it may have been maybe when you, were f- when you fell or maybe it was a medical procedure or I don't know, it could have been anything. But for part one, we're only going to talk about five because there's a total of 10. So I'm only going to talk about five today. And so if you have some questions, of course, you know, you can let me know and we'll go from there. But the first one is the principle of perception. Perception, right? And you've heard of that before where people say our perception is our reality. So our perception of the world and of ourselves are shaped by mental pictures of past reality that can be changed. So if you think about your past and how things has happened in, in your past, and how it affects how you think of the world right now. So a lot of people have traditions or cultures that they they have been molded while they were growing up. And so as you get older, you start to realize, well, maybe I don't really want to think that way. Or maybe my perception is a little bit different. So it changes the way that you look at things on your outlook. So our perception of the world and of ourselves are shaped by mental pictures of past reality that can be changed. Um, so I'm going to throw this in here just a little bit. So, you know, the yesterday was Martin Luther King, um, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday or his celebration of his birthday. And one thing that you've may have noticed is there was a lot of movies or um, documentaries that were shown about his life and how things happen and what took place back in the 60s. So when you look at those pictures and you think, well, wow, that really wasn't that long ago. Maybe you know someone that was born back in the 60s or born back when, and you start to look at that and you say, wow, our ancestors went through quite a bit. So when you see those pictures of what Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King endured, you start to think, well, what, what, where have we come from now? You know, healing from that, that standpoint of 1968 when his life was taken, you know, and then all the other things that come into aspect of what has taken place with racism or even just inequalities. So I just want to, I don't want to go all into that, but just thinking about the principle of our perception, because if you notice, that's why there's some different laws or things that are out there that are trying to make sure that we don't have those certain perceptions that make us look at things in a certain way. Just a tip there. Okay. All right. So that's principle of perception. That's your first one for healing. And so the principle of choice, do we always have a choice? Hmm. Some people would say, no, I don't always have a choice or someone else has a choice and I just have to deal with whatever choice they make for me. Well, that's not, that's not necessarily true. We always have the power to choose how we feel 
how we think and how we behave. So I actually said that backwards because your thinking controls how you feel and then how you feeling controls how you behave. So when you start to say, well, I feel depressed or I feel anxious, where that actually comes from a thought first. It doesn't necessarily just, your feeling just doesn't just appear. It comes from a thought. So there may have been something that made you feel that way, made you feel scared, made you feel nervous or made you feel depressed. So we always have the power to choose how we think, how we feel and how we behave no matter how hopeless our lives seem to be. Now, I did say hopeless, and you may say, well, I'm not feeling hopeless. Well, you may not be feeling hopeless, but you may know someone that is feeling hopeless. And so that may be where this principle of healing comes in to where you can get an understanding of where they're coming from. So if they feel like they don't have that power of choice, like they're not able to make decisions or they're not, they don't feel, or they feel like they're put in a situation where they're just stuck, then that's really, that's pretty much where people feel like they don't have that choice. So I'm going to say this one again. So we always have the power to choose how we think, how we feel and behave no matter how hopeless our lives seems to be. Now, keep in mind that sometimes when people are feeling hopeless or they're feeling helpless, we tend to, I'm going to say act out. We tend to act out or we show actions that portray that we're feeling this way. And one thing that may have come to mind as you're thinking of this is somebody that isolates. They may tend to isolate where they don't want to be bothered by anyone. They don't want to answer their phone. They may haven't checked their mail in like three weeks or they may haven't picked up the newspaper that's collected in their yards for a long time. Um, So it's just it's a different way that you can kind of look at things when you talk about isolation or even maybe withdrawing. Maybe they've withdrawn from conversations. Maybe they've withdrawn from the interaction of wanting to to just talk. You know, if they're just wanting to have a a conversation to just let you know, this is how I'm feeling. I'm having this problem or um, this is the situation that I'm in. So that's just something. And it's going to go into it's going to go into the part three, part three. All right. So principle of choice. So we have principle of perception, principle of choice, and then principle of vacuum. Vacuum. I know you're like, what do you mean? What do you mean about a vacuum? Well, you know what a vacuum is, right? And what does it do? It's supposed to clean, right? Even though it may not get up all the dirt on the floor, on the carpet, but it's supposed to to get up at least what we can see, right? Even though there may be some still hidden. So with the principle of vacuum, it's getting rid of addictive thoughts and feelings to clear a space for us to receive healing and happiness in our lives. Now, I'm, I'm going to say that one again because you're probably like, oh, wait, what? It's okay if you say, wait, what? That's fine. I was like that too when I first, when I first kind of read it and started to get an understanding. I'm like, oh, okay. So principle of vacuum. So getting rid of addictive thoughts and feelings to clear up a space to receive healing and happiness in our lives. So in order for you to 
want to receive happiness or want to receive some type of peace, you have to get rid of some things. If you don't get rid of some things, then it just sits there and it builds and it builds and it ends up being like a, a mountain or like a volcano. And you guys heard about the volcano that just just erupted, right? Erupted, sorry. Um, and so that's kind of how we are as humans. If we don't take care of ourselves and we just build up and, and don't process through things that have hurt us or made us um, upset or um, issues or trauma that we're going through, eventually we're going to explode. You may go off on people. You may go off at your job. You may seem snappy. Um, you may seem very moody. Mm, even sometimes you may even seem like you're always angry, but you're really not angry. So principle of vacuum. So getting rid of addictive thoughts and feelings, clear a space for us to receive healing and happiness in our lives. Okay. That's number three. So number four, principle of optimism. Now, this is where it gets a little difficult. So you mean to tell me that you want me to be positive all the time? Who wants to be positive all the time? I hear that a lot. And some people feel like I'm too positive. Oh, V, you always are positive. You always have something positive to say, right? But just think of if you always met someone that always had something negative to say. They always have something mean to say. They always have a negative mood. They don't like this. They don't like that. Right? So that principle of optimism, even though I'm going through this issue or, or situation that I'm going through at this time, what, what, what positive things could come out of this? I mean... Are you telling me there's something positive coming out of this? Hmm. So it says we can create a positive and happy life by taking an optimistic outlook, by looking on the positive side of situations rather than the negative side. Now, this is where I'm going to be transparent with me because I can only talk about me. I can't talk about anybody else. So when I was going through, when I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, at that time in my life, I was determined to have a child and I was trying to lose weight and I was planning on, okay, I'm going to get pregnant and I'm going to have the baby and I'm going to carry the baby through the whole term and everything's going to be fine. That's my mindset, right? So then when things started happening, and I ended up having this problem. Um, and it was just how I discovered it was, you know, just a routine um, checkup. And I had a cyst and I started having problems, pain. And so it grew to the point where I was barely able to walk around. And so they said, okay, we need to go ahead and remove it. So something so simple. Okay, it's just a cyst. Go ahead and remove that. Doctor, get it on out of here and let's get on so I can go ahead and make this baby. That's that was my mindset. Well, he called me on January 2nd, 2019 and said, well, Mrs. McKnight, I'm sorry to tell you that you have cancer. What? And I just paused for a minute and I said, well, hold on. What, wait, say what? I'm, I need you to say that again for me. And he repeated it 
But, and the reason I'm sharing this part with you is because that was one, just one of the most traumatic things that happened in my life. And at that time, I didn't see any positive things in there at all. The, when I heard cancer, we automatically associate that with what? Death. You may not, but some people do. And so for me, I associated that with death. And then I also associated that with ovarian cancer. So then that means it's in my ovaries. Does that mean that I probably will not be able to have a child? You know, and so everything started to crumble. And when I say crumble, I mean crumble. And it was really hard for me to be optimistic. It really was. And I'm a very optimistic person, but it was really hard for me to do that because in that situation, I, I was trying to find something positive. But I was scared. That was my main thing. I was scared. I was scared of, well, what is supposed to happen? What am I supposed to do? Um, where am I supposed to go? And just go a little further. I even started to go from one opinion. Let me get another opinion. Okay. Let me get another opinion. <laughs> and it went from opinion to opinion. To opinion. And before I knew it, um, uh-oh, sorry. Uh-oh, okay. Before I knew it, um, when I went from opinion to opinion. Um, when I went from opinion to opinion, my third opinion told me, he said, so do you, do you want to, you want to die before you turn 41? I said, what? what kind of, and the first thing I'm thinking, what, what kind of doctor makes this type of statement? And I'm trying to get an understanding of what's going on with my body. And he said, look, he said, I'm just going to be very frank with you. Ovarian cancer is not something to play with. So you can go and get all these different opinions that you want, but in reality, you're going to end up wasting time and it can get worse and spread. And then before you know it, you'll be on your deathbed. So back to my question, do you want to die before you turn 41? Of course, my answer is no. He said, well, I suggest for you to get back to the cancer center, which was Stevenson Cancer Center, and get the treatment that you need. And let's get moving. <clears throat> yes, sir. All right. <laughs> After he told me that, that was a wrap. But it took for not just one time, but the third time for someone to say something like that to me for it to click in my head. And then when it clicked in my head, it, I reminded myself, okay, if you were talking to some of your patients and they were going through this situation, what would you say to them? And I thought about it. Well, I would be on a positive outlook. I would try to encourage them to do what the doctor is telling you to do, to get and learn as much information as you can about this condition. So that way you're prepared and then start to do some research about why this happened. That's what I told myself. So when we're talking about the principle of optimism, that's where it really takes the mindset for you to develop that 
even though I'm in this really, really bad situation, there can be some positive things that can come out of this. And some positive things that came out of this, yes, I'm, I survived. I'm going on, it'll be my third year this year. So I survived ovarian cancer. Uh, no, I didn't have a child, but I have learned so many different things. And of course, I created this platform with Share the Tea with V because I've learned so much that I feel like other people need to know. And so here I am. So I look at that as, yes, that's the optimism because I had to create a positive situation out of what took place and to make it better for me. And of course, you know, I lost a bunch of weight and got myself together and all this other stuff. So the principle of optimism. So that's a really good, that's a really good one. Because if you, if, if you're on the pessimistic side, it's going to be really hard for you to look at things on the other, um, on the other side. Just, just saying. All right. So that's number four. So we have principle of perception, principle of choice, principle of vacuum, principle of optimism. And then number four is principle of expectation. Mm. Expectations. Now, I want you to think about that. Uh-oh, messed up my little thing. I want you to think about that as far as expectations. What is something that you expect in your life? What's something that you really want in your life? You expect the best, right? The best, not just from yourself, but maybe from your partner, your spouse, um, from sometimes even your coworkers or even your boss, right? So principle of expectations. Our expectations have self-fulfilling effects that create our experiences and thus own experiences of life become whatever we expect them to be. Wait, what? Sounds confusing, right? We'll do it again. So it says our expectations, our own, have a self-fulfilling effect that create our experiences and thus our own experiences of life become whatever we expect them to be. So I'll share this little snippet with you because I was talking to some of my sorority sisters last night about relationships and and you probably were in this whole situation before when you're in high school and you're a senior in high school and you have the yearbook to talk about, oh, what are you going to do in five years? What are you going to do in 10 years? What are you going to do in 20 and 30, you know, and what and how many kids are you going to have and all that, right? You guys probably remember this. I don't know if they still do that nowadays, but that's not the point. Anyway, so in that book, I wrote... Oh, I'm going to be married by 25. I'm going to have two kids by 26. You know, you're writing all these different, all these different things now while you're 17, 18 years old and about to graduate from high school because that's what we expect, right? So just like when we're expecting marriage, we're wanting to be married. We want, we want the the fairy tale wedding like they see on uh, Bachelorette or like they see on the Disney movies, right? We want all these different things because that's what we expect. But then when we don't get those expectations, we seem let down. Hmm. Darn, I didn't get married by the time I was 25. But then you see someone else that has gotten married at 25 and you're like, oh, I wanted to have that. 
right? But we don't know what relationships or what things they've been through. So how can we say we want that and we're not even for sure? So if we're thinking about our expectations, our expectations of healing, um, because even though you can be in a relationship with someone, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're in a healthy relationship. Sometimes we want to be in a relationship with someone just because we do not want to be by ourselves. So then that means I'm going to settle. That could mean that. But then is this, is this what you're really expecting your life to be? Hmm. Something to think about. So all of these, all of these principles are something that makes you really analyze, well, how can I heal? How can I be able to move forward through my aspects of life if I'm holding on to certain things? If I'm holding on to certain things and I don't want to let it go, um, why are you holding on to it? Well, I mean, what what is what is it benefiting you? Is it going to help you anyway? Um, I mean, are you planning on using it later for like retaliation or something? So that's really not healthy. So if you think about all the things that you've that you're holding on to, if you can write down your top five, I'm quite sure people usually have more than five. But if you can write down your top five and ask yourself, well, why am I holding on to these things? Why am I holding on to this trauma? Why am I holding on to this headache? Why am I holding on to these hurt feelings? It makes you wonder. Sometimes we hold on to things because we're expecting someone to apologize. Mm. What if you never get that apology? You know, someone has literally passed away and they were upset that someone didn't apologize to them for something that they did 30, 40 years ago. And after that person died, they still didn't get their apology. So how long are you going to wait? I mean, I don't know. It's something to think about. So if you go back through these principles of healing, we're only going through five. So I'm going to go backwards. So it's principle of expectation. Principle of expectation, principle of optimism, principle of vacuum, which is a really good one. I kind of like that's my favorite, I think. Uh, principle of choice and principle of perception. So ask yourself, which one do you want to start working on? You have five. You have five right there in your well lap or hand or mind. <laughs> you have five. So which one are you going to start working on? Don't try to take them all at once. But maybe you need to start with the principle of choice. Understand that you always have a choice in whatever you want to do in life. You always have a choice. Or maybe you want to do the principle of vacuum. Getting rid of some of those negative thinking, negative feelings, getting rid of some of that and letting it go. Hmm. Or maybe you want to look at your perception of how you're uh, perceiving things. I don't know, but I know that the choice is yours. And I just wanted to make sure that I come 
on Share the Tea Tuesdays and share something with you that can help you in the long run. This is just the top five. So next Tuesday, we'll go over the remainder five because there's a total of 10. And we'll have a little bit more discussion. If you have any questions, you can always send me a message. And also on my podcast, I'm on just about all the podcast medias, Amazon Music, Anchor, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio. So just look up Share the Tea Tuesdays. And I thank you for joining me. But I also want to encourage you to start doing some healing. If you start healing, you'll feel a lot better. Heal and let go. Stay blessed. Welcome to Share the Tea Tuesdays with V. I hope that you've had a pretty blessed week. Mine has been quite exhausting. Trying to get back into the routine of things. Why does it have to be so difficult? It has been quite challenging for me. So today we're going to talk about exhaustion. Like, do you do things to the point to where... You just cannot move anymore. I remember a time that I was always constantly on the go. And I got so tired that the next day, I couldn't move at all. I couldn't move a muscle. I just literally sat in the bed. I wasn't worried about eating. I wasn't worried about anything. I just had to relax and rest. And sometimes we for, we act like our bodies are machines. I don't know why. Why do we do that? I I don't even know. I don't I don't even know why we do that. But we tend to act like our bodies are machines, and we just constantly go 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 go. And then we're like, oh, I'll rest later. Well, eventually our body catches up to us, and it's like, no, you need to rest now. So, of course, you know, during the time of our resting period, that's when our body is healing itself. That's when it's repairing or restoring itself. So, exhaustion. It's been a task for me. And truthfully, I feel like I just need one day where I just stay in bed. Just stay in bed, relax. Don't do anything. Just roll over (laughs) a couple of times. And so, you probably felt like that before. Like, oh, you just need a day to relax. And then you start thinking, like, well, what day will that be? And you look at your calendar and you're like, oh, it can't be that day. No, I can't do that day. Well, maybe I could do it on this day. I don't know. I think I have something planned. And that day never really comes until, like, three or four weeks later. And that's bad. That's horrible, isn't it? I know. So, exhaustion. That's my focus because, you know... Why do we feel so exhausted at times? One thing, and I'm speaking for me. I can't speak for anyone else. And so you can probably relate to this. It's not getting enough sleep. 
Yes. Now, some people say, oh, I can function off of four or five hours a night. Well, I can only do that for about a couple of days. And then by the fourth day, I'm starting to look cross-eyed and I need more than just four or five hours of sleep. But getting enough sleep is essential for our overall health because if you don't get enough sleep, you can become very delirious. Yeah, it can actually happen. And a lot of times we don't get enough sleep. We're just running off of off of um, fumes or off of little battery cables that we barely have charged, charged in because we're just going, 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 going and trying to look like the Energizer Bunny but not really energized at all. Hmm. So, of course, like I said, when we're sleeping, that's the time where our body is repairing and regenerating our cells. That's why when you wake up in the morning or whenever you wake up, you feel refreshed, you feel energized, you're like, okay, I feel pretty good, I'm ready to tackle the day. So if you don't get enough sleep, it can be really difficult for you to be able to function. So they do recommend for you to get at least six to eight hours of sleep. Now you may say, oh, that's too much. Well, you really do need that. But another reason that you can also be exhausted is because maybe, I mean, even though you're getting enough sleep, maybe you're a little deficient deficient on nutrients. So sometimes your iron can be low or it could be vitamin D or vitamin C, magnesium. I mean, there's so many different ones that can be low. Um, and you never really think about your vitamins. But, you know, B12 is really critical for oxygen because it helps deliver and it also produces energy. So that could also cause you to be tired. Like, I know it's like so many different things that can cause you to be tired. Oh, one thing for me was stress. Now, who doesn't get stressed out? So I know for me this past week has been a little bit stressful because I returned back to work and having to do things that or either catch up on things. It's like, oh my gosh, trying to follow up on things that you remember you have left off two or three weeks ago. That can be taxing. So doing something to relax when you're stressed, because sometimes you can be stressed internally and I've learned that about myself because usually I'll say oh no I'm not stressed I feel fine when really I am internally stressed and sometimes when I'm internally stressed I tend to turn to food where I may eat things or uh, snack on foods or sometimes I just may be a little cranky I think I think we've all been there before But yeah, so sometimes with the stress, we have to learn to decompress, take a deep breath, meditate, going for a walk, having some self-talk. I really had to self-talk myself today because today started off a little rocky and I just had to remind myself the way that I respond to the situation is how my day will either go in a good way or a bad way. So it's up to me. Anyway, so reducing that stress. Um, 
to be truthful, there could be some medical conditions that can make you extremely tired. Now, I know I shared with you last week about my whole thyroid issue. And no, I don't think that I'm tired because of my thyroid. So I'm not getting ready to start naming that because we're not going back through that. But I'm just saying that there can be some, uh, if you're extremely exhausted, it could be related to some medical conditions. Um, there could be a variety of those. I'll just name a few like de- depression or diabetes or kidney disease, anxiety disorder, sleep apnea. I mean, you know, the list keeps going on and on. So also you have to kind of watch what you're eating when you're exhausted too. Because you're, you can kind of, it can kind of throw you off about what you're, what you're feeding your body. You may start making poor choices and just consuming too much caffeine or consuming too much sugar or whatever that it may be. You know, it just really depends. But one thing that I noticed that if you don't get enough um, water, stay hydrated. Because dehydration can definitely make you tired dehydration is pretty much when you're not drinking enough fluids to replace the water that you've lost in your urine in your stools or in your breath or whatever or your sweat right so some people are like well I drink water because I'm drinking coffee um yeah that's not the same oh I'm drinking water because it's in this lemonade no that's not necessarily the same because it has some things that are mixed in with that, that's what's make it a little bit different. It's not really necessarily just plain good old H2O. So, making sure that we stay hydrated. Because it can cause headaches, dizziness, fatigue, and definitely make you thirsty. Oh my goodness. See, I'm starting to get tired now. (laughs) Oh, mercy. But, you know, trying to get on a schedule of what you're going to do, that really helps. If you can plan a routine, and not to say that the routine won't change. We know that things are going to happen. Life is going to happen in itself, and things is going to change. But trying to stay on that routine. There's one thing that I've noticed is that this last this last week has been very challenging for me. It's been challenging for me because I have so many different things to do. I have deadlines that I have to meet. And then on top of that, I still want to make sure I get my workout regimen in. I still would like to cook. I still would like to rest and relax and um, have some one-on-one time with my husband you know, I still have things that I do in my church, my sorority, all these different things. And sometimes it can just be too much. It can just be too much. But one thing I have to always remind myself. You have to relax. And only focus on what you can do for right now. And use that time wisely. Use that time wisely. 
in order for me to get up and exercise, I have to get some rest. If I don't feel like getting up and exercising, I'm not going to get up at 4.30. If I'm too exhausted and I keep hitting that snooze button, next time I know 4.30 turns into 4.45, 5 o'clock, 5.45, 6, 6.45, you get it. <laughs> so, but I end up neglecting myself because I haven't gotten up and, and did my exercise routine. So, getting moving, get moving. I said getting moving, sorry. Get moving. Get to doing things that you enjoy and set a routine to go to bed at a decent hour. It really does help you overall to function, to to be able to interact. Definitely to make great decisions. Um, and it just overall just makes you feel better. And you're definitely able to stay awake and be alert. So, one thing that I'm reminding myself throughout this week of exhaustion, because I'm going on week two, where I feel like I'm still really tired. But I keep doing things that I need to, that I no need to get done. But one thing that I have started doing in the last two weeks is I started to take take a step back. I have started to take a step back and cutting loose of things that I do not need to do. If it's not in my top priority, if it's not necessarily something that I'm assigned to do, then I'm going to take a step back. And what I'm really trying to make sure is that I hold myself accountable to this task that I'm trying to achieve. Because I'm a very warm-hearted, compassionate individual. And I love to help people. And a lot of times I will help other people before I even think about what I need to do for myself. And then by the time I get through helping them and it's time for me to do something for me, I'm too tired to do it. So, I don't know if this tip will help you, or maybe it's something that you can try out along with me. Try to eliminate some things that you don't need to to worry about, things that you don't need to do, things that's really not even of your concern, especially if it's someone else's job, if it's someone else's responsibility, or... If it's someone else's duty to do it, then let them do it. Don't start worrying about, oh, well, this is going to make us look bad, or this is going to make us do this, or, well, I can just still fit it in if I just kind of rearrange my schedule a little bit. No. Mm -mm. No, ma'am. You don't need to do that. You've you've already done that. You've been there, done that, have t-shirts with holes in it, right? And so now you're exhausted because you're trying to juggle too many things. So, stop juggling. Stop juggling. So when we're exhausted, our bodies are giving us the signal. Like, hey, hi, like a tap on the shoulder. Hi, hey, um, 
Can you slow down? Hello? Hello? Can you... Can you slow down? I, I can't take anymore. I can't... Hey, I'm still trying to tell... Um, hi. Uh, can you... Can you stop? Do you mind to quit? That's what our bodies are telling us. But what do we do? Do, 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 do. We just keep on going. Until the body... Boop, shuts down. Just like when you power off your tablet or your TV or your cell phone. When your body shuts down, then you want to listen. Sometimes for some people that may be too late. And some people it may just be right on time. But instead of being in the in-between of the unknown, just do it anyway. To make sure that you are taking care of what you need to take care of. Don't worry about everybody else. They know what they're supposed to do. If they're not doing it, let them figure that out. Let them figure it out. You shouldn't figure out everything. So, I don't know if this was useful for you, but it has been very useful for me. Because sometimes I overthink things. And when I overthink things, and then about time I actually have a time to sit down and think things clearer, uh, I start to realize you were wasting time. What were you stressed out about? I know, right? Hmm. So, I hope this helps you. With exhaustion. Don't be exhausted. I know you're like, well, things have to get done. I have these kids to feed. I got the husband to take care of. I have the wife to take care of. I got to go to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do Well, guess what? If you do all of this and you drop dead tomorrow, then what? Yeah, that was extreme. Did she say drop dead? Yeah, I know. But sometimes you have to be extreme with your thoughts to help you understand how serious it is. Because I'd rather for me to take the time for me to rest instead of my body forcing me to take the time to rest. So, some things that we feel may be an emergency are really not an emergency. It can wait till tomorrow. Some things we feel like we gotta hurry up and do right now Oh, I got to get this done. It could probably wait till tomorrow. Let's just be truthful. So exhaustion. Let's work on resetting our minds, resetting ourselves to do what we need to do for us, for you. And I say us because I'm hoping that I'm encouraging someone else to take that step with me. So probably about time that you read this, I'm probably already making those steps and making those necessary changes. Remember, the more that you are consistent, the more that it becomes a habit and it becomes a routine that is very hard to break. So... Are you tired? 
Are you ready to cut some things loose? Think about it. Think about what you need to cut loose and let's start making some changes together. Remember, you are not alone. You are not going through things by yourself, even though you may feel like it. You do have the support of other people. Well, I hope that you found this inspirational and and intentional. And I will see you next time for Share the Tea Tuesdays. Have a blessed week.